This is a program about going deeper. It's about creating a culture of learning. It's about putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope. It is our mission to purposefully equip the world to transform their region with God's love. We want to create an atmosphere of divine influence to the nations by walking in the power of His Holy Spirit with a faith that shapes the future. Welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. My name is Chris. I'm here with Bobby Hobby, and we are going to be interviewing somebody that I'm super excited to talk about, um, Dave Yarns. Dave, thank you for uh, spending some time to talk with us today. Where are you coming from? Are you are you at Morningstar yeah. right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm beautiful downtown Fort Mill, about 10 minutes outside of Metro Charlotte, here in the great state of South Carolina. You know, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. It took me a while to say that, but it is gorgeous <laughs> here. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the fact that we have the technology that allows us to do this. Um, it's, yeah. it's actually yeah. it's pretty. It's actually pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so we wanted to set, spend a little bit of time today and unpack a, a few things. And one of the things that I feel like um, that we were talking about in the pre-show that I'm excited to dig into is this concept that you mentioned about coming into your assignment and what you had said. And I'd love to just. Yeah dig right into that what you had said that really got my brain thinking was um, for a long time uh, especially it, with Christians we've had this either or situation yeah and what I heard you saying was more of this both and situation you don't have yeah. to take a pick um, can you let's just launch in with that yeah. and give us your, your yeah thoughts on I think I think it's a great place to start but also like a very very important thing so the sense of it is, you know, what I'm feeling is like people are marching towards their career. And let's just say that's, you know, nine o'clock, and then they're marching towards God while they're doing, you know, whatever they feel is this kind of kingdom work. But, you know, you, you're kind of at work and you're thinking about ministry and you're at ministry and you're thinking about work. But what I'm seeing is people get so clear on their assignment that both of those circles come together. So, Marching forward 100% for the kingdom is, in fact, 100% with my calling in the marketplace. Wow. There's such force when that happens. And some of it could be just readjusting our mind. Some of it could be, you know, grasping this kind of, uh, you know, I like, uh, there's a guy from Harvard. His name is Tal Ben-Sahar. He had the number one class in Harvard, number one attended class for years called the science of happiness and he he brought out um uh, i think his mentor was uh, warren bennis incredible harvard uh management guru just incredible thinker and tal uh, brought out this sense that uh leaders great leaders great initiators great people moving and shaking things have what he calls genusian thinking and don't look up the word because it'll, it'll take you somewhere you don't want to go. But it's it's from this Greek god Janus that had two heads and they look, you know, different ways. And leaders have an ability to brace both and. Mm. So, but I, I think there's some of that that happens. But I think when I really come to my assignment, I feel like the kingdom of God is being served and I'm, I'm behind it. So for me... Uh, I spent years in the hotel business and years as a hedge fund operator and a banker. And now I'm here at Morningstar. I have a million square feet under roof. Isn't that crazy? This, you know, we've grown and put things back together. And uh, so I get to use my skill that I've gained over a lifetime and bring it to bear. I mean, we have uh, 500 hotel rooms and cafes and schools and the administrative side the executive side of that i get to engage in that every day and feel like i'm living the life that i'm called to live i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing and i'm using the skills you know so um i think that's it and i think the other thing we were talking about and i'll i'll give some breathing room here is really getting away from kind of in Christianity talking conceptually about marketplace ministry or conceptually about 
um, you know, there's broad brushstrokes of how leadership works and things mm -hmm. like that, but really getting down to some concrete, very um, practical, sustainable skill sets. Yeah, I think that's important. Dave, there's yeah. kind of this well, thought that it seems like, and there, this is a hot topic right now, of dualism, uh, where in the church, you know, okay, here's my God box, and then here's my business box, or my marketplace box, or, you know, depending on what uh, part of the seven mountains you thrive in. And, and, and so how do, we, how do we get people to understand that, man, it, God is with you wherever you go, yeah. your business, if you're a stay-at-home yeah. mom, whatever it is, that is the front lines. Right. And the matter of fact is that us not seeing it has sort of kept us off the front lines and from being as effectual as, you know, right. God would want us. Sure. I know yeah. that's what you train people to do all the time. Can you speak to that? Yeah, yeah, and great question, guys. But I think there are there are probably like three categories: uh, people that spend their life full time in what we would call traditional ministry models, pastors, teachers, evangelists, missionaries. But that's maybe one percent of the population, and to be full time. For a long time, it's just a fraction of the population. So what do the rest of us do? Are we second-class citizens? But I think there's another category, and I was there for a long time, where I'm honestly, and I want to say this without sounding crash, I'm providing a service, I'm doing my business, but my business is to fund something else. And I think that's okay. I mean, I don't think like, like, say you're a web designer and you work remotely from home and you don't really interact with anybody. You know, I mean, you, you try to be a good citizen for the kingdom of heaven, but you don't have a platform to, you know, to um, interact with people in an office or something. But, you know, a lot of guys and gals I see do that, take that money and do things like I did. You know, I invested in orphanages and you know, micro loans and churches and kind of things like that. So I think that's that second category. But I think what we're talking about is this third category where your marketplace effort is your call of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's and that's yeah. one that it's almost like you want to dial it in like looking through binoculars. You want to get sharp with that. Yeah. yeah. Because uh I mean guys, you know, money is an ultimate idol and and I see it pull us off all the time. I mean, who doesn't want to make more profit? Who doesn't want to have a business that's doing well? But you know that scripture says, who, what is it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Mm -hmm. I almost think like you can lose your calling. Wow. You know, you're, so you're, you're started down somewhere and then you just slowly started following more of the profit <laughs> end of it. And to the point where like you're, you wake up and you're another person or you're not fulfilling that thing you were yeah. called to. And uh, um, so, I, I mean, I think that that's kind of what I'm seeing because then you and I, you know, I mean, you guys are doing this in an incredible way with, uh, with all that you're doing. We can empower people to their kingdom and, and their business and, and see it as one and the same. That is really cool. Yeah, I think uh, I love I love what you're saying so much. I think the timing of it is is spot on because we kind of have gone through this genesis. I I feel where at first exactly how you were describing it, and I went through this my same journey over the last 25 years. You get this idea in church that the most righteous is the missionary to the third world and then a little bit less righteous is a missionary yeah. to a nicer country and then a little yeah. bit less is like a lead pastor and a little and then and what, hawaii and then low down yeah and then hawaii and then low down there's like youth pastor and then if you keep going then you're like a lay minister and if you keep going then you're a tither uh, and, yeah. and I and and this this the seven M concept and all that stuff, which this conference we're going to be talking about later, is about that kind of gave permission to do what God designed you to do. Right. That's how yeah. I interpret it. Well, He didn't make me to do that, and I don't. And I, I, He didn't make me to do that. Now I have permission to do what He did and actually say that it's a kingdom thing. So that's this great foundation. But now what I hear you saying is. 
we've kind of learned that and that's the great first step, but now we need to be more specific. So there's this concept in marketing about not being too generic. They call it niching down. Yeah. So be very specific about what your advantage is, is this marketing right. concept. Very important right. to not be too generic. Yeah. I hear Dave, you saying now we need to be doing that with our assignment. We can't just be like yeah. blindly doing it. We need to be focused on our assignment. Can you, is that, on and can yeah, you go yeah. That? yeah and may, maybe it needed to evolve like that uh chris and bobby maybe we needed to kind of check the box so that people were awakened to uh you know this kind of secular sacred divide and uh maybe that took some years you know i first heard lance uh the beginning of the seven mountain message about 14 years ago yeah uh, i remember it and that you know, he and I did probably like 50, 60 events together. And I saw his thought process change the world mm -hmm. where people got it. Hey, we can't just let government, arts, education, you know, business, media fall into the hands of the enemy. We've got to retake these mind molders of culture. Yeah. So I think it gave people permission. But now I'm excited about like um, very specific skill sets. So... Yeah. Uh, I've got some friends that come to me and they're like, hey, Dave, uh, we know that you built and ran an award-winning hotel. What does that look like? Well, there are there are things that you do in that business to be an elite performer that you wouldn't know, like it, uh, revenue per available room and motivation and staffing and, you know, what is was competency and excellence look like and Mm -hmm. what do we put money at what do we what do we put our time into that stuff is very very um important and also you know from the hedge fund business there are some great guys i and i would honestly say this i don't think for years i've seen hedge fund managers that i thought were completely christian kind of if you squinted and cocked your head a little bit you saw him in the right light you would kind of say hey man this guy may be you know christian but um now i'm seeing some some really decent uh money managers some market makers that are truly born again and now you can get into discussions with them about gates and hedges and you know fundamentals of yeah. how hedge funds are built and structure and corporate architecture but the skill set <laughs> because i think and I, I was guilty of it i think i spoke just so generically because i had i had a hard time in my mind thinking of okay like what business are these guys in mm -hmm. and what specific advice can i give them that goes from government to fishermen to you know wall street execs to hollywood people you know i was like ah and then where are you in that sphere you know what i mean mm -hmm. like like if you're just starting out uh some of the stuff i might have to say about owning a bank and a hedge fund might not matter to you or the building projects that i do uh, they're not to be um you know not to be prideful but they're at a much bigger level these are you know, $60 million projects, and uh, they're, they're just different to be managed. You know, bonding and things like that becomes ultimately important. Um, so I think I struggle with that. So then what did I do? I just kind of spoke generically about, like, leadership and generically about, you know, right. affecting the marketplace. And, you know, people come and they you never kind of scratch where they itch. You know, they, they're right. coming and they're looking for practical advice. So... I think what I've done is tried to say, okay, here is my tribe, here's my niche. Right. And it's largely entrepreneurial uh, people. So not a lot of uh, what I would say like Fortune 500, Fortune 100 execs. Most of the people that follow me are entrepreneurs. They might have huge companies, but they have that DNA. Yeah. And then there's specific company types that I can work with to provide practical advice. So kind of knowing more and more about less and less provides that specificity. And I think that's what could be exciting in the kingdom of God. Instead of, you know, you know, Joe standing up and saying, I'm going to talk to you about kingdom business and all aspects of it. 
I'm like, man, I'm just not sure. Really? I mean, but if somebody stands up and says, hey, I'm the number one marketer for traffic and conversion, and I want to talk to you about social media funnels and opt-ins right. and ladders and stacks, now I'm excited because that's right. really cool. Um, and I think that's probably, you know, I think, Bobby, you've been beating that drum for a while, like trying to get people to be more practical. Yeah. But maybe it took a while or maybe it just took a while for me to catch up. Well, I think that, Dave, just exactly what you're speaking to is paramount because you want to learn from people who you understand, okay, they may be at high levels now, um, but the principles are the same. They still... Yeah. Uh, get on their face about their projects. They still hear from heaven about the people that are supposed to be engaged right. and they walk out strategy. They're not eating from a silver <laughs> spoon. All of these things had to come by strategy. And, and that to me is like, you know, I think we vacillated in the church, haven't we about, well, I've got God. And so yeah. I'm waiting for that moment of breakthrough. And, and as a, as an equipper, you know, you sort of just want to shake people yeah. and go, you, ah, that's not how it works. God's not a genie like that. He wants to help you develop skill sets for your assignment that are actually wrapped into or woven into the invitation. Yeah. And yes. they make you excellent at what you do so that when you are asked to speak or share concepts, <clears throat> it's not just concepts now. It's something yeah. you've done. Like Jesus said, yeah. the words that I speak, they are spirit and they give life. That actually means yes. the Aramaic. My words are spirit. My words are life. Oh, I'm sorry. My words are spirit because I've lived them. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to mm -hmm. my words are spirit and they yeah. give life. My yeah. words are spirit because I've lived them. Wow. And so what does it mean to learn from someone <clears throat> who's in your sphere or gone around um, doing things that, you know, there's a lot of people at Hub Nation. This is the summit that we're doing. Yeah. And I get invitations or, hey, can I speak at your conference? Okay, tell me what you've done. Well, I just came out with a book on thus and so subject. And I'm like, okay, so <laughs> tell me the background, though, for that book. Did you, what's your proof of concept? Did you actually pull it off? And so many people are writing books about stuff they've never done. Um, when I went to um, you know, get the plans ready for a new facility for us, I'm like, okay, who can I go to? And I, and I needed a Dave Yarns in my life. And the only guy I could think of was a guy who had just built a resort called Pronghorn in our region, who I didn't think was even a Christian. But I knew he had done something. So I bought him lunch. And I just sat down with him and said, here's my proof of concept. Can you, like, spit it up and chew it out? And so, Dave, to turn that into a question, I know we know the Lord. And I know that we've got the supernatural strength and ability. But what skill sets are specifically needed? What yeah. skill sets do yeah. I need to, to actually yeah. walk out the call of God on my life? Yeah, yeah, and I think that question is very profound, Bobby, because even in asking that, you're you're recognizing uh, that it is development of skill. Yes, right. I love Jesus with all his heart, but you don't want me to do open heart surgery on Chris because I watched a YouTube video. And, no. you know, I've got it a couple of I got it a couple of deer in my life, but I love Jesus. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna speak in tongues all the time. I'm doing it. I mean, it sounds ludicrous, but yeah. I think that people can get into business without this skill set. It'd be like, you know, God's going to bring yeah. the people and the stuff. Nah, I mean, I'm not sure, man. I mean, yeah. I'd like to see you get an accounting degree. I'd like to Come see on. you learn marketing a bit. Uh, I'd like to see you pray over this stuff. But I think you will fall prey to people that have greater skill sets if you don't develop. And I think that question in its heart is saying, yes, there is this needed skill development uh, that, uh, um, yeah, I remember one time I was leading this group of execs through Africa. And what I do, I mean, you know, every couple of times a year, I'll take a group of execs and we'll go into extreme poverty and then I'll bring them out because you can't leave them there. You know what I mean? You can't just have them confront that on a, 24-7. We'll go in for a day or for an afternoon, then we'll go to a nice resort, we'll hang out, we'll debrief, and I'll do that for about a week. Uh, and I had, uh, 
uh, kind of a helper, an intern with me, and she's there all this time. We're talking about the meaning of wealth and the purposes and what social constructs really work to help poor people. But I'll never forget, she's like, isn't it just all about Jesus? Can't we just like lay on our backs and, you know, bask and, you know, put on some praise music and he'll give us the answers? And to me, I, I mean, I've not seen it like that. I, I had a couple recently and they wanted to grow their business. And I went up to them and this, don't hate me, send the emails to Bobby. But I'm like, <laughs> I prayed about it and they're trying to grow their business. I'm like, stop going to church so much. They were in church like three nights a week, like all day Saturday, Sunday. They were leading this other group. I'm like, how in how in the world are you gonna get a you know go to the country club one night a meet week and start meeting some of the people in your industry and entertain some clients or do something? They literally had no time left for their family, for their uh, business. You know, no way to develop. Because they were, I mean, almost every night of the week was engaged in some form or another of going to, uh, you know, their, their church functions. And um, that's cool to do it, but you can't, you can't have both. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Skill development takes time and it takes an investment. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't think God just kind of slothers over some kind of heavenly frosting and makes up for all of our inadequacy you know <laughs> right. i think uh i think he does want us to be excellent in what we do and yeah. maybe you know maybe just admit that and you know i don't know i sounded like i got on a soapbox there for a minute so i'm, oh, I'm excited cool. about i'm teaching 12 components of time management i've done this for 20 years and finally i'll tell you one of the guys that got me going i i sent it like a decade ago to bill johnson I'm like, Bill, this is the way time management works. And he wrote me back and, you know, because people were giving him books and stuff like that. I gave him my mastery section on time management. And he wrote back and he said, this was so practical and so helpful. So then I knew I was on something. And then I wrote, um, uh, uh, Mike Bickle was asking me about um, what are the core competencies that... Um, you know, Christian business students need. And, you know, I mean, and I didn't put anything in there like, oh, you need to read the book of James or, you know, my, I put in like six or eight components. Some of them were executive management, some of them were executive understanding of financial statements, but, you know, developed a curriculum based on those things. So I'm doing a lot about the optimum decision-making model and why that's important the 12 components of time management that I think are important. Corporate architecture, when it comes to funding, when it comes to development, you know, how do you develop corporations? And, you know, I mean, this is, um, it's a master's degree study on why people incorporate in certain countries, in certain states, mm -hmm. why they have interlocking corporations, how this stuff works, how do you self-fund insurance, how do you, you know, so those kinds of things. And it's, yes, it's a much narrower market than when I was talking about, like, leadership in the kingdom and seven mountain business or something, you know. Yeah. But uh, I feel like I'm getting traction with people. As a matter of fact, this morning I had a guy in a prayer meeting. I never was unsolicited, but he's like, I just want to thank God for Dave because he, my business, he'd never been into business before. He goes, the things that I'm doing now were things that he taught me to do. So that was cool. Like I got one disciple anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's yeah. really great. Yeah, I feel like I, I really love what you're saying because I think it's very easy, um, and I don't want to sound too negative, because uh, it's very easy to get um, kind of romanticized by the flashy, motivational side of rah, 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 we need to do this, we need to do this. And it's yeah. easy to go there because everybody's like you're right i feel it you're i i know the problem i see the problem i live yeah. the problem you're spot on but the hard thing and what i hear you saying is is to say okay now that i have your attention and we all agree that there's an issue here now what do i actually do on monday to yeah. address that issue and and how did god design me 
for, to yeah. be a specific puzzle piece to fit into the solution on Monday. Because mm. now that I'm pumped about it, I actually need to do something. Yeah. And that second piece yeah. is often the piece that's missing. And that's what I think yeah. I hear you saying, Dave, is that yeah, that's the piece that we need to get. And Chris, I think there maybe was a time where uh, very generalized information was important, like, hey, you know, you need to integrate your faith into your workspace or, you know, God can use you. It's, you know, it's not just about being in the church. And a lot of, I, I hopefully, I was one of the front runners there. You know, I mean, I've been, KBA has been going on for 20 years and that concept was really foreign back in the day. But I think hopefully we've evolved and we see that, you know, it's, it's almost like, hey, come on, come on, man. I, I, I get it. We're there. I get it. But now yeah. I want to go on to something else. I right. want to know about strategy and topics. I'm looking a lot at the science of inspiration. How do you inspire people to the improbable? Mm. Uh, I, I have about 120, 130 staffers, but I have about that much uh, full-time um, volunteers and how do you inspire how do you clearly communicate vision and application in volunteers which mm -hmm. we, we couldn't survive without our volunteer force so no. I'm looking at that how do you encourage and support them how do you recognize them uh, and there's a lot of science behind it like the the time between the act and the recognition degrades quickly you can't wait yeah. Uh, you know, how do you clearly communicate? How do you inspire? And there are some real keys. Um, you know, first of it, if, you know, first of all, I mean, you've got to set a good example. I mean, it's, you yeah. can't be do as I say, not as I do. It just will not work with volunteers. It won't work. You have to set an example for them. Mm -hmm. If you want people to volunteer, you have to, you have to show them and you have to provide them with stimulating work. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, and I, I mean, I'm learning this stuff in the, you know, the last 10 years, we've been running a very big volunteer force here. Some great books out there on it. And, right. you know, Forces for Good was one that really helped me. Uh, so I'm learning a lot about that. I'm learning a lot about new economic matrix, especially as we go into kind of this pre-COVID society. Most of the people out there, if you're in business right now, I guarantee, I'm reading your mind, your number one issue is getting quality employees mm -hmm. for operative jobs, for entry-level jobs. You're, yep. you're, you're closing down early. You can't find them. You're, you're doing ever. And there are strategies, trust me, to get entry-level positions in and to keep and retain them. Um, and I'm, I'm afraid if you, you know, it might have been something in the last job market that we really didn't need because there was high turnover. You know, I, I had convenience stores and hotels, huge turnover. But now that turnover is costly. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I tried to get a pizza yesterday, a pizza. And they said, we don't have enough staff. We're not open until later on. I mean, how many businesses are we coming across? Yeah. And so what do you do do you complain about it i mean you definitely want to pray about it but i would suggest you start to learn some of the principles of vision and application recognition encouragement and support you know some of the these are the things that i'm digging into yeah. you know surprise needs um uh, inspiration to the improbable um you know that that so little of your job retention really is monetary based yeah there's a ton of it other really factors about, you know yeah. Spe go, go ahead dave i think that um one of the things that i've learned from you is this um biblical economics and you know pr what does that look like what does biblical economics looks like and there is a thought process that says hey um i'm full of the holy spirit um, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the breakthrough, uh, economics, you know, I'm really not in it for the money. I want to keep my heart pure. And then you can swing the pendulum where everything is transactional. 
And you can tell that too. And and the person is a Christian. They call themselves a Christian, but you can tell they're fully transactional. So, but then you read scripture and uh, a lot of the guys, as a result of God's presence on their life, not only did they have favor, but David gave millions into the prayer movement. Uh, yeah. Abraham, uh, Isaac, Jacob, you know, all those guys, Solomon, excellence and innovation beyond, I mean, just mind blowing. And so what speak to this, the person who says, yeah. gosh, uh, you know, I, I come from the school of um, it's just all wicked. I don't want anything to do with money <laughs> or the opposite is that everything's transactional. Yeah. How do you find that biblical? Yeah, I'm not afraid question. to that's make a, a profit um, yeah. because that's biblical too, but I want to do it right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good, Bobby. Uh, let me let me just point one thing out. And this took me a long time to see. There are some people that are successful and God just put his hand on them. And I hate to say this, but they have nothing to teach you. They were a one-off. They mm -hmm. were just minding yep. their own business. God put their hand on them. They're successful. Uh, and, you know, I've tried to listen to them. I'm like, man, like you're hurting my brain. Stop telling people what to do. But, you, you know, I mean, you look <laughs> at their success. But, I mean, I think there are those people. And, and I, you know, I mean, God does a lot of things in a lot of different ways. Um, I think... So let's let's look at this topic clearly. So so first of all, I think there are a lot of people, and and I'm saying this sounds crash, but are in bankruptcy right now. That are good, wonderful people, and they tried to do what God told them to do, and they invested their pension and mortgaged their house and did all that stuff, and they're just completely uh, wiped out, mm. uh, and so. You know, this, this, it breaks the back of this, like, if you're a sleazy, conniving person, you're going to end up in poverty. And if you're a good and righteous person, you're going to end up with a lot of money. No, there are a lot of other factors involved. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of sleazy, conniving people that I've seen make a ton of money. A lot of good people end up in bankruptcy court. So there, there's something else. So I think, first of all, like, like getting a handle on the economic engine of what you're doing. And um, for some reason, either like for lack of skill or for lack of, um, they just, they just like you were saying, they don't want to look at it because it's somehow secular. People don't know the basic economic engine of what they do. Uh, let me give you an example. When I started in the hotel business, uh, 68 and 72 i needed 68 bucks a night per room and i needed 72 percent occupancy so i focused on that like uh like a madman yeah in the hedge fund business we were 12 2 and 3 we needed 12 percent. we needed a two percent admin for three and then we did three percent of what our profits were and we focused on the economic engine really well mm -hmm. uh you know, there's a certain portion of your money that needs to be reinvested. There's a certain portion of your money that you want to put into um, advertising. Uh, but, you know, like learning and getting the the grip on the economic model, it it takes a certain amount of, of diving in. Like, I've, I see a lot of restaurant owners in particular. They, man, they're, they're awesome at, like, decoration and serving the right thing. And, but I'm like, what's your, what's your customer count? What's your average ticket? Yeah. What's your gross profit margin? What are your food costs as a percentage? Mm. You know, it's like, well, you know, I mean, it's about 50. Well, about 50. I mean, like, is it 20? <laughs> is it 70? I mean, these things are, are make and break. Yeah, right. and really digging down to like what is the economic model? What's the economic uh, uh, architecture look like of my company? Because most of the times, it's tweaking that. Um, like I, I had a company, and it was a direct to consumer company. So we sold stuff from a warehouse, and it came to your door. Now this was, oh gosh, twenty five years ago. So we did a lot of bulk mailing, and it was all telephone numbers and stuff like that. Um, I had to sell at such a, a profit because my shipping, handling, all of my storage costs, all of my admin, you know, you, 
it was like we were we were fine tuning a dial with tiny little clicks of precision. Right. We looked at recency, how recent you bought, how frequent you bought, what the monetary value of each ticket was. We looked at demographics, sociographics, psychographics, mm. everything we could find because that marketing piece was so expensive mm -hmm. in terms of our gross profit margin. Yeah. I mean, it was like uh, we had really smart people analyzing that. Now, at the end of the day, we made tons and tons of money, but um, it wasn't just haphazard. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, I think, uh, you know, really getting into the economic model, learning it, not turning away from it, um, not turning your back on it, uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur, don't delegate that to your accountant. Don't delegate that to your bookkeeper. Know your costs, know your expenses, know your margins. Um, find some way of reporting that's usable and definable for you. Uh, I'm a very big proponent, like, just don't get a software program and try to spit out a report. Sit down first and think about what things do I need to see on what frequency. Like, for me, every day I want to cash up certain business components. I want to know exactly where I'm at. I don't want to go a week. Other things... Like, uh, let's say accumulated depreciation. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't move plus or minus 1%, I don't ever want to see it ever in my life. Just like it is. It's just a function of doing business. Things like, uh, I don't know, utilities. Uh, I mean, yes. But if they move plus or minus 1% or 2%, send them to me other than that. But there are things that I want to see on a daily basis. Because yeah. I can navigate quickly. If I'm waiting for a month-end report on some key, uh, and this might be speaking to someone, this might be your deal. You're chained to an accountant, and you're getting like, uh, like right now, uh, maybe they're cashing up like August or something. It's like driving a car in a rearview mirror. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you don't have leading indicators to help you make change. Uh -huh. And you've got to, got to you, what I used to do is I would write down all of the things that I needed to see on a daily basis. And I'd actually make the paper, like I wanted one number big and one number smaller, and I would make the page. And then we'd program backwards from there. You know, we'd get smart people in to help us. But I think that, um, you know, uh, and then I think, you know, honestly, it is a tricky thing. Like we said before, money really is. Uh, an ultimate idol it's an ultimate challenge um, you know uh, you know I've seen people that the ten thousand dollar a month mark they're they're good and then they go over that and they lose their mind um, I've seen people that don't have a lot of money and they're really idolatrous about you know covetous yeah. um, so I think it's something that how do I want to say it's like it's like um, it's like an enemy that we know we have to keep pounding. Mm -hmm. yeah. We know that we have to keep, we have to master that thing over and over again. I, I don't think it's a one and done. I mean, maybe when I get to be the level of you guys, it will be, but I'm still. <laughs> I'm still no, uh, so, I, I think what you're so saying is, is so spot on. I, I just, I know there's so many examples that as you're talking are coming to my mind that I've lived through where people try to just, um, gosh, I don't know how to say it without it sounding really negative, slide through and then pin the success or failure on the Lord and say, well, if God wants this to happen, he's going to just do something. And I think that's crazy. Like you, so, so one of the things you said brought this to my mind. Solomon, uh, wealthiest that ever existed, um, that didn't just happen. So, like, he, it was strategically this port and, and the, the way that goods were moved around and all of, like, all of that wealth didn't just, like, God didn't, like, deposit, you know, mounds of gold uh, through the middle of the night. Like, yeah. it was done over time with, with strategy. And, of course, we all know Solomon asked for wisdom, right? So, like, this was a thing yeah. that happened over time, and it was a partnership with the Lord. And I feel like that's what you're saying is you can't just expect to sit back 
and and then God is going to make things happen. Now, there are exceptions. You mentioned this too. Like sometimes there's these exceptions, but a lot of times the people that that are looking at a story, they think it's an exception. They're actually looking at the tip of the iceberg, and that person has actually been in partnership with the Lord for a long time, and they just don't know about that part of the story. So I feel like it's a... I would really recommend, and maybe we should teach more about it. I would really recommend um, some courses in executive financial and managerial statements. Like, what does that what does that look like? Right. Um, yeah, because that that information, breaking it down, it took me a long time to figure that out. Like, what do I want to look at? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, let's <laughs> say like at Morningstar, we have a partners program. So I want to look at number of partners, number of new partners, people that lapse. You know, I want to, if they just don't partner with us anymore, I want to know why. And, uh, you know, certainly like, you know, uh, with our marketing department, you know, we want to know certain things. But asking the right questions of your business, asking the right questions of your staff yeah. not getting bogged down into the minutia. Maybe this speaks to the same thing. You know, I mean, if you go in and you're like, you know, loving on everybody, remembering their birthday, praying over everything, you know, every kid that you know, and, you know, I mean, that's a wonderful thing. But do you have clear and accurate financial KPIs <laughs> right. from everybody? Totally financial right. statements, right. you know, um, because you'll produce what we call in the business the country club, you know, it's, it's low, it's low expectation on production, but it's high expectation on relationship. Yeah. Everybody's birthday is cool. Everybody remembers everybody. Nobody gets anything done. And, you know, you could be in a business where (laughs) there's enough margin and there's enough, um, there's enough, uh, business where you're, you're still making ends meet. But I don't know if you want to live there. But you don't, I mean, you definitely don't want the producer perish, too. Uh, right. You know, I've seen that. You know, a lot of my Wall Street friends were in that business. Like, listen, it's all about the numbers. Right. Bobby, Chris, we'll get, we'll get rid of you tomorrow. I mean, like tomorrow, yeah. if the numbers on your show aren't up. And, uh, you know, you really, you know, we don't want that either. But um, uh, I think, like, some executive understanding of financial statements how to set clear KPIs. I'm not as big on, um, I've seen people spend their life just tweaking their mission, vision, and values. I'm, I'm not really big on that. I mean, like, you know, like, and I'm not big on like overly doing process documents. Like, like I get up in the morning and I twist the cap on my toothpaste. That's one process. And I squeeze it on the <laughs> brush. I'm like, come on. I mean, at the end of the day, Let's empower people and let's say, hey, we want your profit to be 20% this month. We want your turnover rate on your employees to be under five or whatever those indicators are. And then we know you got a brain and we're going to pray for you. Get in there and get the job done. I'm more yeah. of that guy. That's good. That's so good. If you're watching this, I what we're saying is God wants you to be successful. Yeah, He wants you to have yeah. credibility in your field so that you can impart what you've learned and to create a history of why were you successful? What led to that? What decisions did you have to make that led to that? You know, breakthrough isn't, doesn't happen in one day. Breakthrough is the result of thousands yeah. of decisions. That's right. And yes. so God just breaks in and honors that and, and all of those decisions set you up for the now moment. And then also... Whose success is on your mind? Like, who are you imparting to? There's this uh, Abraham and Isaac moment. You're, you're Abraham, and you're asking your Isaacs that are around you to carry wood for a vision they haven't had. Right. And you're expecting that at this level of leadership, they just need to be able to serve a vision that they haven't been radically... Um, influenced by the Lord like you have. They're just serving your vision, and yeah. you don't want to apologize as a leader for making the Isaacs in your life carry wood for a vision they haven't fully seen. On the other hand, if you're the Isaacs in that situation, it's about serving someone else's vision and saying, like Peter did to Jesus, I don't need to understand everything in order to serve your vision. 
Right. I am here because I want an impartation that happens with someone else's success on my mind. Yes. And if you put that into the ingredients of who you are, then we won't have this, gosh, this person was amazing, but they really didn't have anything to impart in terms of how they did it. So right. their message stopped with them. Their business right. was no bigger than they were. And as soon as they transitioned, then we all had to transition because they were sort of off the public eye. Right. And so we need a we need a plan and, and a strategy. We need to write down the vision, make it plain, so that he who reads it can run with it. Well, I've noticed that in my own life, the one who reads it the most is me. Mm. And so if it's if I have that understanding, and then also if you're watching and you don't have your two minute elevator speech, so where those divine moments where someone who is either going to help you with capital or help you with design or help you with employees or you know somehow partner with you and it takes you 30 minutes to say what could take you 20 minutes and right. you, or i mean two minutes and you don't have that elevator speech down as to why god calls you to do what you're doing people will notice that yeah. they'll notice you struggling with your own vision and you want to be crystal clear in this time and you want to make sure that your vision isn't just about you it can't be narcissistic Mm -hmm. It's got to be, I'm on the planet to solve this problem right. so that it stays about kingdom and it stays about others. And there's nobody literally that I know of both in this nation and around the world that does that <coughs> like Dave Yarns. He's so <laughs> others focused yeah. and he's latched onto this and that's a key to his success. I know. Yeah. So wow. let's, let's, um, I feel like this is a perfect setup for Hub Nation. Hub Nation Summit. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So set the stage. Okay. Tell us about Hub Nation. So Hub Nation is really just a d desire in our hearts that God grew up out of listening to Lance Wallnow at Morningstar in 2008. We flew back there. God had been defining what the apostolic looked like to us. And then here comes Lance with the 7M concept and just gives language to what modern day apostolic looks like. Putting wow. apostolic feet to prophetic hope. I was done just prophesying about concepts and the Lord just really said, when are you going to start doing what you've been prophesying? Uh -huh. And so really that's how Hub Nation was birthed. Come he on. said, I'm going to bring to you practitioners who are actually doing what I've put on their hearts. They've wow. taken the leap beyond fear and they have something to impart to a new generation. And so that's what the Hub Nation Summit's all about. It's about not just having a concept for your business. How do we connect you with those who would help fund it or ideas that would take you beyond I'm called to do this to into next steps? Yeah. Um, KPIs. How do I know when, if I'm nailing it? If I'm not nailing it, how do I uh, measure myself and get those speaking into my life? So this summit is about all kinds of um, thought leaders getting together uh, that from every sphere of society, every mountain. So if you're a stay-at-home mom and you want to succeed, if you're high-level business, government, doesn't matter. We've got speakers and thought leaders from every sphere of society and they are high level and again our litmus test is what are they doing are they actually right. pra practicing they and, and they all are so we're inviting you to that it's a digital summit we do it every year this year it's october 1st and 2nd and there's a link in the show notes to sign up but you do not want to miss what yeah. god's saying we've got lance wall now we've got chris valentin We've got Dave Yarns. We've got Mercedes Sparks, Wes Lane, Dave Hodgson. I mean, the list goes on and on yep. as to the ones who are literally um, feel the assignment to uh, bring about sheep nations across the world. Yeah, absolutely. See people succeed. So, Dave, you're, you're going to be one of our speakers there. We're very excited about it. And I would love to just kind of end this with your thoughts. We've been talking about all this, making these things practical making actually yeah. stepping into your assignment getting the in focus with what you're called to and so forth and as that relates to this hub nation conference that's coming up on the first and second what are your what are your thoughts recommendations why is this even an important thing for people to do yeah yeah well well first of all i mean i just would encourage people that that slate of uh people that they have hub nation speaking I don't know of another platform that will have that kind of grouping and caliber of people. So uh, you do need to invest. Listen, if you don't invest and you don't start to get new thoughts, you don't keep up on this stuff, you will atrophy. You'll uh, And this mm -hmm. is a great 
way to invest. Not, I mean, yes, spend the money, get on the program, but lock yourself away. If you got to get a hotel room for the duration of the conference, just so you're not distracted. Yep, the cell phone definitely has an off button. You can turn it off. And uh, <laughs> But I would highly encourage you. You know, I think, like you're saying, some of the practical things, I want to talk about, like, economic engine of businesses, give some practical advice on what the economic engines I've seen, the ones that failed and the ones that worked. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about price elasticity in these days. I think it's a big one. I want to talk a little bit about performance indicators and like right now turnover is such an incredible thing yeah. there are people that never thought about turnover as a key performance indicator for the yeah. success success of their business you need to now trust yes. me if you haven't thought about hiring recruitment retention as performance indicators you do now um yeah. and i don't care whether you run a uh you know a, a pizza place like the place that wouldn't you know uh, or, uh, you know, I've got a great friend and, and he's in the machining business and they're just so strapped educationally. So how do you find these people? So I want to talk about things like that, that I think will appeal to people that have a business nature that'll take away some of your pain, uh, that'll give you some comfort and some hope and really provide some practical solutions. Wow. Yeah, I cool. like I mentioned earlier, this this stuff is could not be at a more appropriate time. And I love how practical you're getting. And as Bobby mentioned, um, this isn't like Dave is not speaking from a theoretical. I read about this in a couple of books. He has spent the time, invested, and actually done the things, taken the hard lessons yeah. um, to actually be able to speak with authority on this stuff. So I'm just very excited. Dave, thank you for spending time just for this oh, podcast. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be an absolute great time. We're all looking forward to it. Yeah. So sign up. Um, the registration link should be in the description. Again, if you're watching this five years from now, still follow the link and go get the content because um, what's being um, released at this event is is something that is relevant and will continue to be relevant. These are problems that are not going away. These are problems that we are called to solve. And I feel like for far too long, the non-kingdom people have been the only ones with the solutions. And we should be the ones that are leading the charge and the cutting edge yeah. with the real solutions. So Dave, again, thank you so much for your time. You guys you get guys on that registration yeah. link and, and we will see you guys at the event October 1st and 2nd. And um, we'll see you around. Thanks.